this message comes from a heart of um, wanting to see God's people walk in the fullness of what he has for them. That's really my heart. It's been my heart since we stepped over into um, a pastorship when we moved to North Carolina. Like, it's my heart to see God's people walk in what they're called to. I'm sure you can see that from, you know, from everything that we do here. But um, so we want to see and you used by God. Amen. Um, but with that, and we, we focus a lot in, in these services on the gifts of the Spirit, the glory of God, and the power of God, and all of that is definitely 110% needed. But um, there are some things that we need to understand to be used to the fullest degree. Uh, we need to not, um, I guess, misperceive what God's saying to the church regarding the gifts of the Spirit. Um, Paul preached his word, and, and I this is not in my notes, but Paul preached in, uh, I believe it's Corinthians 12, about the, the spiritual gifts. Um, and, you know, he said, he, he goes through the whole list of the spiritual gifts and, and that we should earnestly desire them. And that's 110% true. We should. Actually, in fact, if you want any of the spiritual gifts operating in and through your life, you should go after it. You should earnestly desire it. Or otherwise, you know, who's going to receive a gift that you didn't even ever want? right? So you're going to go after it. But um, he says, but the greatest one that you should be earnestly desiring is love. Because it's through the love of God that you're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. The whole point of all the gifts of the Spirit is to show somebody the love of God. When God gives a word that corrects, it's not always fun to be in a minister and you have to correct somebody, but God's telling you to correct someone. It's going to be out of love. Why? Because it's going to get them back onto the straight and narrow. Amen. And so when God brings correction, it's through love. When God gives a word of knowledge, it gives them like some kind of confirmation of what God is um, doing in their lives or, or a word of wisdom shows them what God wants to do in their lives. It's always out of love that he's like paving the way, he's leading and guiding us, he's directing our footsteps, right? So that's why Paul encourages us, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but the greatest of these, you need to operate in love. With that being said, this is from a heart of love, wanting God's people to stay on the, the correct path when regarding um, spiritual gifts and, and operating in the fullest degree of what God has for you. Um, we need to stay balanced, in, and I'll show you what, what I mean by that. So tonight, the, the message is called Seek the Giver, Not Just the Gifts. Now, it's not the gifts but not just the gifts. Because yes, you should seek the gifts. You should pursue the, the and, and earnestly desire the gifts, but not just the gifts. First, the giver. First, the Lord. Amen? The word of God says, love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. You can read different versions with all of your strength, <laughs> with everything you've got, you know, depending on what version you're reading. God wants above all for you to seek him, for you to love him. And with that being said, God breaks down in the past, in the messages that I'm going to be sharing with you tonight, in the passages I'm sharing, um, to love him actually means you're going to do what pleases him. Amen? So... Remember what I said. If you want to operate in the spiritual gifts, the most important thing you're going to do is operate in love. Well, someone who loves God does what pleases him. And so um, 
I don't know about you, but I want to be a vessel fit for his use. In order to be a vessel fit for his use, we gotta, we got to allow him, and that's why I prayed that prayer, allow him to cleanse us, allow him to purge us, allow him to show us sometimes when we're off. And this is not directed if you feel like I'm stepping on toes tonight. I don't know. I'm not operating in the word of wisdom or word of knowledge right now. I don't know if there's something that you're dealing with. Um, this is just God. So if, if he deals with you, then that's between you and him. Um, <laughs> seek the giver, not just the gifts. So spending, this is where it's coming from. But like Clayton said, it's like it came through since like a few days ago through conversations, through um, through. Um, just studying the word and then spending time in God's presence, okay? And um, I wasn't actually even thinking that this was a message until I spent time with God today and he gave me a vision, which I don't think you read. <laughs> he was perceiving what I was going to teach on, but he didn't actually peek at my notes. Um, anyways, my hair is kind of funky tonight. Um, so that's why I keep patting. <laughs> um, so I had this vision, and I was in, in the spirit, I'll say, and I had this really unique vision, and it was of a man, this is unusual too, receiving a gift of flowers, a bouquet of flowers. And I even specifically saw it was like given, like someone picked it for him, like the bottom was wrapped in like a, I don't know, like a you know, wet cloth, something to keep it moist. Um, anyways, so he's receiving, I didn't see his face, and I didn't see who was giving it, but he's receiving this, um, this bouquet of flowers, and it was like the person that was giving it to him wanted to, like, approach him, like, I'm giving you these flowers, like, give me a hug. And he turned his head, and then they went to, like, take the flowers, and he, he kept the flowers. And then I, like, woke up. I was like, well, what in the world? <laughs> but the Lord started speaking to me um, about what people do to him. Well, first of all, a basis scripture that keeps coming back up in my spirit is Romans eleven twenty nine. It says, for the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance, meaning um, he, he doesn't regret making you you. He doesn't regret giving you these certain gifts, these certain talents, abilities, callings. Like they are there for whenever you're going to respond to God. They're not going to disappear. Okay. So God's not going to take it back. He's just waiting for you to like, for like the prodigal son, return to me. You know, his arms are open wide. Okay. So he's ready to use that person. Um, or you could say that a man you know, depending on how you meditate on the word and how you're looking at it, a man could still use his gifts, but it may not be to the glory of God. What do I mean by that? So I was thinking about this. Think about all the gifts and talents and abilities that a man or woman could have. We can look at the world and we can see some people with some amazing vocal cords, amazing talent to sing. Or uh, I don't know about you, but I've heard some amazing speakers that aren't even necessarily Christians, but they're just speaking. They, they've got the talent, the ability, or the gift, call of God, I would say, upon their life. It's just that either they haven't accepted the Lord yet or, you know, they're using it for their own 
promotion or whatever it might be. And so God placed that ability on the inside of them. But where we need to realize, like, these gifts, these talents, these abilities are, are instilled in us for the glory of God. It's so important that when we live our lives, we're living it to please God so that when we do these giftings, when we set our hand to, to um, using these abilities and talents, that it's going to glorify God. You know, and I'm talking about spiritual giftings too. Somebody can operate, and, and this is where it, where it kind of comes out, is, is somebody can operate, um, the Bible's always true, let me just say that. Okay, so, so someone can lay hands on the sick and see someone recover, right? Or someone can preach salvation to someone, and someone can get saved. However, the person, the vessel, God can use a donkey, okay? God can cause the rocks to cry out, you know, so he can use anything, anyone. But it's going to be a lot greater of an impact why he's like, desire all these spiritual gifts, but it's so important that it's delivered by love. Why? Because the results are going to be lasting, and, and there's going to be power and presence of God behind it. Amen. So the Lord spoke to me when I was seeing this vision, and he said, so often people want the gift, but they don't want the giver of the gift. What do I mean by that? Even like believers who like fall away, like they don't realize that if they're not living a life that's focused on the Lord to please the Lord, then, then they're like deny. They, they want, everybody wants a gift. Everybody wants um, money. Everybody wants blessing, but they don't want to spend the time with the one who gave them the gift. And that's, that makes God sad. <laughs> it makes him sad. Um, so just because someone's using their gift and talent doesn't mean that they're being a lover of God. Um, this isn't a message to, to bring condemnation on anybody. It's just to help us stay on the straight and narrow so that we're being a lover of God and not just a lover of gifts. Um, and it will help us because I believe we're about to step into way more of the operations of the gifts of the Spirit. And we need to remember what we need to do first above all else is seek first the kingdom of God. Listen to this. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, everybody's doing that, right? When you're seeking first the kingdom of God, you want encounters, you want dreams. And I'm all about this stuff, by the way. But you want encounters, you want dreams, you want revelation, visitation. You want to have words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits. You know, all of it. I, I want all of that of the kingdom of heaven that, it has, that he has to offer me. But listen to the scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God. He doesn't stop there. And his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. He doesn't just say, seek me or seek my, my kingdom and, and all the gifts that I have to offer, and all these things will be added unto you. Like this isn't automatic, like this is yours. No, what he's saying is, this is the way, this is the blueprint of how I want you to operate by this. I want you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. You should earnestly desire spiritual gifts, earnestly desire and seek after the kingdom of God and all he has to offer, but also after righteousness. Why? Because then you'll be a ready and fit vessel. You'll be the kind of vessel that God's proud of, that he can, you're humbling yourself, you're putting yourself down so that he can lift you up. He can promote you. 
you know? You're, you're a, a, a good coworker that he can promote, that he can lift up. I want to be promoted, but I'm going to have to make sure that I'm keeping my life into subjection and, and, and making sure that I'm walking according to what's pleasing to God. And that means that when I hear a word or I'm reading the word of God and something is scratching on the inside of me like you're not doing that, that I'm going to make an adjustment so that I'm a vessel ready and fit to be used by God for his glory. Amen? So listen, in John, um, so, we, so what the vision was, was like someone's receiving a gift. We've all been instilled with these giftings, these talents, these abilities. We all, like we were taught this weekend, can operate in these spiritual gifts, right? So anybody. And, and it doesn't mean like a prophet can only prophesy like we were talking about this weekend. But we also want to make sure that we're operating in righteousness. Why? Because that's the kind of vessel God wants to use. Now, does it mean a donkey or a rock won't cry out from time to time? No, he'll still use them if he needs to. <laughs> Not calling people donkeys, but I'm just saying, if he needs to, he will use whoever, you know. But if we would be vessels fit for his use, a whole lot more will get done for the kingdom of heaven. And that's the blueprint that he laid out for us. So in John 14, 21, it says, He who has my commands and keeps them, it is he that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. So the evidence of having Jesus manifest in and through your life is going to come from you loving him and keeping his commands. So if you want to be, and, and I'm pretty sure you're here on a Wednesday night, it could be anywhere else. You want to be somebody who's used by God, someone who's operating in the power and the presence of God, um, who's wa walking in all those uh, manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. You know, you're, you're earnestly desiring these things. Then God laid out a blueprint for you. Seek me in my kingdom and righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. Amen. Or John 14, 21. If you have his commands, do them because it's he that loves me. And the result, me and my father will come and make our home with him. In other words, it's going to be evident that you've been with Jesus, that you are with Jesus. Why? Because he's going to be able to manifest his presence, his power. And when he, he um, stirs up the gifts of God within you and when he shows you something, there's going to be an impact. Amen. Amen, upon people. So the Lord says, he who loves me keeps my commands. And he who loves me, you know, if, if we're loving God, we're living, I always use this illustration, but if you love your spouse or you love your children, you want to do what pleases them. You want to do what makes them happy. Some people have kind of like a messed up view of what love is. Love is not just um, receiving. Love is giving. Love is pleasing. Love is honoring. And so we need to give to the Lord. We need to honor the Lord. We need to surrender. We sing a lot of songs about, Lord, I surrender. I love that last song. I don't want anything else. You are my one thing. But is that true? 
You know, it really should be true. If we want to walk in the fullness of what God has for us, if we want to, to seek the giver and the gifts, we're going to have to have that be true in our lives. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. We need to have a balance of, of what we're going after here. He needs to be first more than just his his uh, bouquet of flowers that he's given you or the blessings that he's blessed you with or the, the um, talents or abilities or even spiritual giftings. He needs to be sought after first. And how do you seek after him? He's telling us what pleases him is when you do his commands. That shows him that you love him. When you show him you love him, he considers that you seeking him first. When you show him you love him, you start walking in righteousness and obey his commands. Then as a result, he and the Father come and chill out with you. They'll sit on your porch and have a lemonade with you. They'll drive in the car with you. They'll go to work with you. What am I talking about? He'll, he'll talk to you wherever you are. He'll speak to you. He'll show you things wherever you are. Why? Because you have become a vessel fit for his use, a vessel that has no, no, um, there's no pathways that are clogged full of sin so that he can't get a message through to you. So not that anybody couldn't be used um, who's, who's living for selfish desires. They could be because God can use a donkey or a rock. But... If we live a life that's cleansed by the blood of Jesus and that, that, that lives to want to please God, giving him permission to remove things from us that hinders his spirit, then we'll be a vessel fit for his use that at any given moment of any given day, you can see the Holy Spirit work. You can see prisoners be freed. You can speak a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or a word of prophecy to someone. Why? Because you're in tune and you're hearing what the Father's saying. See, sin blocks. I don't know if any of you, this is kind of gross, but if any of you have dealt with plumbing ever. Yeah. Whether in a sink or in the toilet or in the shower, it can get pretty nasty. I won't even go into detail, but you can just imagine. Sin is grosser. And it hinders the pipeline. It hinders the avenue in which God wants to get things through you. Your pipeline can be your eyes. It can be your mouth. It can be your ears. What are you feeding your vessel? It can be your heart what you do with your hands or where your feet go. These are your pipelines. We are the body of Christ. We are the mouthpiece of Jesus. So we need to keep this vessel pure and holy and ready and fit for the master to use us. So if we're seeking God first, we're going to pursue righteousness. If we truly are loving the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind, our hearts are going after God and pursuing righteousness. We may stumble and fall along the way, but God will pick us right back up if we'll confess our sins. But your pursuit is God first. It's not self first. It's not to please self first. It's not to promote self first. Okay? But then 
as a result. You're walking in righteousness, and all these things start being added unto you. You start operating in the gifts of the Spirit as a result. You start uh, operating and, and, and carrying the presence of God with you as a result of living in righteousness. Basically, you're just showing God you love him by doing what he commands, by doing what pleases him. If you know something's not right, if you feel like you have to hide it when, when a good Christian friend comes over, and you shouldn't be doing it. I don't know if you ever went to knock on a child's door, and they're like, hold on a minute. <laughs> what are you up to in there? <laughs> Jude's up to shenanigans, like messing with the sink or, you know, making putting his hand in his fish tank. We just got him, and two fish died, so, you know. We learn. <laughs> if we shouldn't be doing it when a friend or uh, uh, the pastor comes over or whatever, you know, then don't be doing it because Jesus is right there with you all the time. Amen. Little rabbit trail. Okay. The Lord is living in you. Jesus is living in you. The word of God says, in him we live and move and have our being. So I don't know about you, but I want my house clean for the Lord to live in me. So he can have his full way. There's nothing blocking, nothing hindering, nothing holding him back from living through me. And that's what sin does. And so the, we apply the blood of Jesus. If you mess up, you, you can fess up and confess your sin and he'll cleanse that pipeline. He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness so you can be ready and fit again for his use. And thank the Lord for his mercies being new every morning. But the aim shouldn't be to live however I want and just always ask for mercy and forgiveness because you're still going to live in condemnation then. Not because of God, but just self. Self-condemnation. But just strive towards holiness. Strive towards righteousness. Strive to, to seek God first and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. You'll start operating in um, giving God glory with your gifts, your talents, your abilities, and, and the spiritual gifts that you operate in. It will increase, plus it will give God glory. It won't just be that, oh, you acted upon the word, and, and yeah, someone got healed because God's trying to show himself to these people. But it will be because the manifest presence of God revealed something to you, and it just becomes that much more powerful. It's backed up with God's presence and power because he and the Father come and make their abode with you when you live and love the Lord with all your heart. In Galatians 5, and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. When you're living for the Lord you are going to start to manifest his characteristics. We might be able to pick apart our spouse. You might be able to pick apart some things that aren't characteristic of God. But as we grow in the Lord, we should be changed from glory to glory. There should be some things that fall off. I think that I don't yell as much as I did. <laughs> I think that we're both being transformed. What do you mean? Oh, thank you. Okay. I'm just saying we're transformed 
from glory to glory. Little by little, God changes us. God makes adjustments. He stretches us to be a vessel fit for his use. Amen? And so think about it. If, if, so we're talking about living to please God, and that's loving him. So you're seeking him first. And then these gifts will manifest through you. And so when you're loving him, you're going to produce this stuff. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, self-control. You know, um, if you're not operating in any of this, you're operating in um, the opposite. Chaos, hatred, unfaithfulness, rudeness, you know. If you're operating in that stuff, you're operating in the flesh. And that's displeasing to God. You know, it doesn't have to be that you're out killing and stealing, but it's just going opposite to, that's contrary to who God is that we get into sin sometimes. And we don't realize that that would be a hindrance to God using us in a way that he wants to. I said this already, Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. So we want to live and move as he would live and move with love and, and producing these things, joy and peace, patience and self-control. Sometimes that's one of the hardest things for people is having patience or having peace. We get tested, but we need to strive for it. Amen. Ask God for grace. And if you stumble, again, just confess your sin. So there is a vast difference between one who will use God's gifts but neglect to spend time with God. You can use your ability. You can be a secular music artist. You could be um, a great oratory speaker. You could be a great this or that in a secular realm. And you know that ability, God created that person, came from God for his glory. But... You can also love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and live to please God by doing his commands and then have all these things be added unto you. Start operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because Jesus is in you. His Spirit has now taken home in your life and he's able to live and move and have your being. It's yielded to him. You haven't kept your being for yourself to operate the way you want to operate. Am I making sense? Um, I will put it in a nutshell in a moment. We want to love God with all of our heart. And not just from the lips. Not just from what we speak or what we sing. But we want to love God with all of our heart. All of our soul would mean, what do we think on? What do we speak? What are we sowing into our heart? Love God with not just our lips, because the word of God says, they love me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What does that mean? Their lives are consumed with stuff that's displeasing to me. So we, we want to love God and show him we love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. That's Matthew or Mark um, 12, 29 and 30. James 4.10 tells us, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. 
That's like that song, we fall down when we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. We're, we're, we're like, we're surrendering, we're humbling. What is it? You humble yourself, you kneel down, you bow down. You're, you're surrendering what you want in life in exchange for what he wants in life. But let me just say this, you're going to be more blessed. You're going to be more fulfilled. And your gifts are now going to glorify him. I'm talking gifts, talents, and abilities, as well as spiritual gifts. He instills this in us. But some people's gifts lay dormant simply because they're not operating in righteousness. So if we will strive to operate in righteousness, in other words, if we will strive to serve and love and please God and do his commands, you will start operating in the gifts of the Spirit more than you ever have. Pursue righteousness and love him. And all these things will be added unto you. Amen. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. This is what kind of hit home and what I was meditating on. He says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Listen to this. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out devils in your name, and done many miracles in your name? And then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. What is iniquity? It's sin. Iniquity is something that displeases God. Now, interesting, he says, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you're going to live Basically, what he's saying, to do the will of the Father, to do what pleases God, okay? But he says many will come to him on that day and say, Lord, I mean, they were operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Prophecy, miracles, casting out devils. But the Lord says, depart from me, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. What? They weren't living their lives to love God, but yet they were doing the work, the acts, or using, we could say, their gifts, but not to the glory of God. Because if it was to the glory of God, they would be vessels fit for his use. I know it can get a little bit confusing, but my whole point is, he says it right there in the first part of the passage. To enter the kingdom of heaven, you must love the Lord and do the Father's will. There's no question about that's what he wants. Amen? I don't want to be the second part. I don't want to just pursue the gifts. I don't want to just lay hands on the sick and, and see someone recover. I want to do it out of the love of God that I have for God so that I'm a vessel, a clear pipeline to minister the love of God to that person in addition to the gift. Because someone can receive a bouquet of flowers but never actually receive love that comes with those flowers. We can go around handing out all kinds of gifts, but people aren't actually receiving love. But God wants these love gifts to be imparted with his love. And how is that going to happen if we're not even living to love God and keep his commands? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for clarifying. (laughs) 
if you love somebody, like I said, you want to please them. If you love God, you want to please God and do his commands. So people were operating in these giftings, these abilities. His gifts and callings are without repentance. He's not taking them away. They're operating in them. They're living. They're, they're using their giftings. You could say they're walking in some of the gifts of the Spirit. Maybe they even know the Lord at one point in their lives. But they chose a different way. And he said, you're a worker of iniquity. In other words, you've lived life to please yourself. So we don't want to do that. <laughs> we don't want to live life. So we want to seek the giver and the gifts. We want to seek him first and his righteousness. Then the last thing is these things will be added unto you. These gifts It'll just be automatic. They'll be given to you so that you can live life to please him. So that, so that he's going to want to do nothing but shower his gifts, his blessings, and, and use you for his glory. Because you're a vessel fit for his use. Am I perfect? No. Do I strive to be perfect? Yes. Because he said, be holy as I am holy. He wouldn't tell us to do something that was impossible. He gave us the grace, and he gave us the power through the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's not, it's not through our own ability that we can do this, but when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive empowerment to please God, to live for God. He helps us. He corrects us. He instructs us. He shows us which way to walk, which way. I don't know if you've ever, you know, if you have the Holy Spirit, or maybe even if you don't, if you're a child and, and you're heading in a direction, you know what's right and wrong. God instilled that in us. You know if something's sneaky or mischievous. You know because you try to hide it from the adults. Okay? So you know right from wrong. You know if you're trying to be mischievous because you're trying to hide it from God. But sorry, he knows everything. He knows every hair on our head. He knows when we stand up. He knows when we sit down. So we can't hide from God. So we want to live to please him. In that, we're going we're to be loving him. And as a result, we're going to be seeking him first. And as a result of that, all these things, all these giftings, and on top of that, he's so pleased. He and the Father are going to come and make their abode with you, and you're going to live. They're going to live and move and have your being. They're going to work in you and through you to the glory of God, not to our glory. Amen? So there's a right way to operate in the gifts and callings of God, and there is a wrong way. You're going to be used a whole lot more and have a whole lot more fulfillment and give God glory, which was the whole point. If you'll seek him first and his righteousness. If you love him by keeping his commands. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to do things the way God laid it out for us. If we want to walk in the fullness of not just his gifts, but his presence and his power. We want to have the manifestation of his presence and fulfill his will on earth as it is in heaven. You know, some people strive so much for the gifts that, that um, they pay for it. And that's actually in the word here. 
in Acts 8, 18 through 20. When Simon saw the Holy Spirit was given at the laying on of hands by the apostles, he offered them money and said, Give me this also, this ability, so that everyone I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, now this is a whole nother level. <laughs> um, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God or the power of God with money. So you can't buy the presence and the power of God. You might be able to operate in a, a, a gifting or a calling um, or a talent or an ability to some, some extent and not give God glory through it. But you can't buy the presence and power of God. That is received through sowing to the Spirit. Um, so he says in Galatians 6, 8, He who sows the flesh reaps of the flesh and corruption. But he who sows the Spirit shall reap of the Spirit everlasting life. So that is the avenue in which that gifting is flowing through then. Are you sowing to the flesh? Because that's the avenue that that gifting is flowing through then. Mix in with a little bit of yuck. Guck. Or are you sowing to the spirit, striving for righteousness, striving to live a life to please God so that when you, when you use your gift, when you minister to somebody, that it's coming through a vessel that's clear and ready and fit for the master to use you. That's what he's talking about. That's why he wants us to live a life that's pleasing to him so that we're this vessel that has clear piping, that the master can flow through and there's no hindrances, nothing holding it back. So sow to the spirit so that you can reap of the spirit. So if we want spiritual things, and I'm just going to wind it down, just a quick little lesson, but if we want spiritual things in our lives, we are supposed to be desiring them. We're supposed to be desiring spiritual gifts. We're supposed to be going after them, okay? But part of, a huge part of going after them is going after God. Huge. If you want God operating in your life, if you want the manifest presence of God working in and through your life so that you can be a blessing to people, because that's the whole point, is to show the love of God. If you want to bless people, then you're going to go after God. James 4.8 tells us, it's real simple, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The more you spend time with God, the closer he is to you. Not that he ever leaves you, but the, his manifest presence is with you. And I love, I love these passages that the Lord's really brought to my attention. If you love me, keep my commands. And then me and, my, me and the Father will come and make our abode with you. In other words, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. He's going to hang out with you. And it's going to be evident because he's going to work in you and through you a vessel fit for the master to use you. Amen? Colossians 1.27, I keep bringing this passage up. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, he's in you, but how much room are you allowing him to use? How much, how much uh, you know, are you yielding to him? What are you truly laying down? You know, he's everything that we want. He's everything that we need. 
you are my one thing. You are my one thing. We sing it. But is, is, is he what we're filling our lives with or is it stuff? Or is it selfishness? Or is it um, things that are contrary to his fruits? So let's live a life. Let's, let's welcome the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Let's live a life that's sowing to the Spirit, sowing to, to doing what's pleasing to him as opposed to sowing to the flesh. Because the Bible says that we'll enjoy sin for a moment, but after that, corruption, destruction. God doesn't want that for you. He loves you. So that's why he warns us. But live in a life in the spirit. Live in a life to please God. If you strive in your own strength, it could be hard. But if you're doing it because you love him and the Holy Spirit's helping you, it's not hard. In fact, it's where you find peace that passes all understanding. It's where you find joy. It's where you find hope. And it's where you find fulfillment. Amen. Pastor Nick. Praise God. Hallelujah.